Welcome to the Washdown Podcast. And today, Chris and I are going to talk about, uh, well, we're going to cover a couple different things, but we are going to talk about ethics and firefighting. Um, it was a great conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, remember to like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, here you go. The Washdown Podcast, Firefighter Ethics. We don't have to worry about that anymore. You can get on your soapbox all you want, buddy. Nope, still being good. <laughs> good. <laughs> well, you brought the topic, man, so let's right, get so, started. So ethics, right? Yeah. <clears throat> We're all governed by them. We just don't a lot of times realize we are. But we need to be made aware when we're making decisions, whether it's for mental health, if you're in charge of a company, a, a crew, if you're in the fire service, law enforcement, military, nursing, doctors, everybody's got a code of ethics, right? Right. So, because there's a lot of debate, of, is it ethics or morals? Are they interchangeable or are they not? They're not. You have morals and they dictate your ethics and what's right and wrong. So ethics are moral principles that govern a person's behavior or the, the conducting of an activity. It's also the branch of knowledge that deals with moral principles. So it's the, basically it's the study of and why we have the behavior we have. Right? Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. So let me go in here. So ethics is one step removed from actions. Morals are more actions of why you do what you do, why you think what you think. All right, it involves the examination and analysis of the logic, values, beliefs, and principles that are used to justify morality in its various forms. It considers what is meant by principles such as justice, uh, public interest, or implications for conduct in particular situations, or how one might argue for one principle over another, such as a lot of people argue, when does life start? That could be an ethical thing, okay. which is made up of your morals, which is based in what you were taught as a kid or religion. It's where a lot of morals come from. Right. Like our, our, our main laws are don't murder people. That's a moral and an ethic. Mm -hmm. Don't steal. You know, that, that basically if, comes from the Ten Commandments, which is religion, which teaches you morals and ethics. But if you could save 100 people by murdering one person... That's in what's called an ethical dilemma. Yeah. It is. I mean, everybody's going to have a different answer. And, yeah. and that's okay. So, another, so ethics refers to those standards that impose the reasonable obligations to refrain, refrain from rape, stealing, murder, assault, slander, and fraud. Ethical standards also include those that enjoin virtues of honesty, compassion, and loyalty. So, you got some bad stuff, you got some good stuff. Don't do this, do this, right? So, then you have us and our set of ethics that we should live by as firefighters. So, this comes from the U.S. Fire Administration. So, I'm sure everybody knows that ethics comes from the Greek word ethos, meaning character, right? Can agree on that? Maybe turn your head if you're going to breathe like that for those listeners so. that are just listening and not watching. 
<laughs> so always conduct yourself on and off duty in a manner that reflects positivity of myself, my department, and the fire service in general. So for me, that goes back to the name on my on the back of my coat. It's not just me, it's my department. I reflect both of those and how I carry myself, how I operate, how I talk to the public. Basically it says don't be a dick. Yeah. Then if you're going to wear a fire t-shirt everywhere you go, don't be a dick. <clears throat> Act responsibly for my actions and for the consequences of my actions. Oh, see, now you already lost people. It's 2023. Uh, responsibility for your actions. That's It's never your fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Be accountable. Need a timeout? No. Okay. No. Support the concept of fairness and the value of diverse thoughts and opinions. That one, to me, leads to leadership. Yeah. You're not, well, you're, not, I mean, you're not always right. A, a lot of these could be, I mean, you could describe yeah. a lot of these as and, just fundamental leadership principles. Yes. And I agree with that. Avoid situations that would adversely affect the credibility or public perception of fire service profession. Don't be a fucking liar. Yeah. Oh, well, there's another way of putting that. Um, don't bear false witness. Stop spreading rumors. Yeah. What's the old adage? Telephone, tell a friend, tell a fireman. Because all these, by doing these things and being unethical in certain situations, you might not even realize you are. You're hurting yourself, the people around you, your department. And let's be honest, what we talk about a lot here, mental health. Yeah. Because well, you're putting undue stress on people that don't need it. Well, it comes down to trust, too. Because if you're the type of person that's going to sit there and and you're going to spread rumors and you're going to do that kind of stuff, and then it gets proven that it's just a rumor, and but you presented it like it was fact because yeah. you wanted to – because I know shit. Then what does that do for those people that listen to you? That's going to erode the trust in you, which in turn erodes the trust in the organization. Yep. Which is why a lot of departments – have huge issues. Well, it's a morale issue. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that is just countrywide and not even a work thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you can look at our politics and the, the level of, I saw a study um, the other day or survey or whatever, and there's like less than 30% of people trust the government. Oh, I just used that. Hang on. See if I can pull that up. Sorry, I'm on my iPad, so I got to remember where stuff is because it's not the same as on my computer. Well, it's understandable. Yeah, it's not on here. I didn't update it. I didn't link it the right way. Yeah. Well, well but anyway, yes. But yeah, it was like uh, in 2021 or 2022, The it was like 60... Eight or seventy-eight. I can't remember what the number was. It was it was more than half the people in the country were dissatisfied with the government and didn't trust them. Yeah, and I, I, it came from a, a published peer-reviewed paper. Yeah. Well, here's so, the problem: the people are starting to wake up and realize that the people that have been elected, that have been in Washington for years and years and years, they don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. They don't give a fuck the fuck about the people that elected them. 
They don't, they only care about getting reelected and the crap they can get while they're there. If you're tired of the status quo and you want change, the only way to affect change and have effective change is to vote <laughs> the, the, yeah. the people that have been in power out. Yeah. That's it. If you're tired of the same old shit, vote differently. Yeah. Just like what everybody in Texas told everybody from California that kept moving in. Don't bring your politics here. Yeah. Or what you're seeing with, you know, border states saying, oh, okay, you guys want to vote for this. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's your problem now. Yeah. And we've explained to the, the people coming over, we're going to send you here. Here's your ticket. It's free. We've got it paid for. Here's your meals. They want you. Yep. They want you to be there. You know what? I want people to come to this country too. I do. I want people to come the right way. That's what I want. Do it the right way. I saw a great thing on that. Uh, the representative from Poland to the EU basically just bitch slapped them all. He's like, all these terrorist attacks, all this crap. You let these refugees in. This is what's happening. Every country, you're having these problems. We ain't having that in Poland. <laughs> now, they got other problems in Poland. No, but, no place is perfect. Yeah, Let's no place honest. is perfect, but they don't have that shit going on there. Yeah. Because they don't, no, you're not coming here, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You can stand on the other side of the border all you want, but you ain't crossing. You know, and I'm sure Poland has a legal process of becoming. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can immigrate there just like you can immigrate anywhere else. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But do it the right way. Yeah. There's a process set up for a reason through the port of entry. Yeah. So here, what's next? Be truthful and honest at all times and report instances of cheating or other dishonest acts that compromise the integrity of the fire service. Now, that's a sticky one. Because what tradition do we have in the fire service? What happens at the station stays at the station. Mm-hmm. I think that's a horrible tradition, by the way, because it obviously <clears throat> does not stay there. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I, I, I get what they're saying. But I, I think this goes back to morals yeah. and, and what's dishonest and what's not. That's for you. Yeah. That's for you to decide. Yeah, and I mean, there are some clear cut ones. There are some clear cut things that would compromise the integrity of the fire service that need to be handled. But that also is a leadership thing of not yeah. allowing those type of things. Yeah, in your firehouse. Let's see here. So be respectful and conscious of each other's of each member's safety and welfare. Yeah. Be professional. Exercise professionalism, competence, respect, and loyalty in the performance of my duties. And use information, confidential or otherwise, gained by virtue of my position, only to benefit those I am entrusted to serve. Don't be self-serving. That's what that says. Yeah. Avoid financial investments, outside employment, outside business interests or activities that conflict with or are enhanced by my official position or have the potential to create the perception of impropriety. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. We, I think we all know individuals who play on the fact or use their position. It's rampant in government service. Yeah. Period. Yeah. 
never discriminate on the basis of race, religion, color, creed, age, marital status, national origin, ancestry, gender, sexual preference, medical you condition, or handicap. You skipped a whole bunch. Yeah, no, because not all of them need to be talked about. Hmm. Never harass, intimidate, or threaten fellow members of the service or the public, and, <clears throat> and stop or report the actions of other firefighters who engage in such behaviors. Now, what do they mean by harass? There's tons of videos on TikTok <laughs> about it and YouTube. Go look it up. So Use, basically using your official position. Right. To bully somebody. Yes. And, to, and to getting what you want. Yeah. Or to stop a certain behavior. Yeah. And of course you got the social media stuff, but but that leads to codes of conduct, right? Well, yeah, let's let's kind of address the the social media thing real quick. Cuz you know, okay. we 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 we've talked about that multiple okay. times, but so responsibly use social networking, electronic communication, and other media technology opportunities in a manner that does not discredit, dishonor or embarrass my organization, the fire service, and the public. I also understand that that failure to resolve or report inappropriate use of this media equates to condoning this behavior. Yeah. So that one to me is a tough one. You know, I. So I I do think you have the right to kind of do what you want within reason because you are held to a different standard. But here's the thing: whenever and your social media platform is entirely based on the fact that you work in the fire service, that I was getting there, then you have a responsibility to do things correctly. Yes. So like we see a lot and you're always going to see it probably because these administrations aren't cracking down on people for doing the type of things that they're doing on there. And everybody just thinks it's okay because that's the norm for social media. Yes. I can post whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. Yeah. Because freedom of speech. But just because you can say something or just because you can do something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And it doesn't mean that you have to realize that in your position, you're influencing the next generation. So if you're in there doing like you can use working out as a perfect example of that. These idiots working out in their fucking bunker gear, not training, working out. That's setting a precedent that the younger firefighters think, oh, it's okay to do that. It's not. It doesn't help you become a better firefighter. It opens you up to injury. And I, and I mean, it's 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 just stupid. I'm not going to argue that. So, I wish people would stop doing it. Or the, the cowboy mentality. Yeah. Or, I saw I saw a good one. We, we we'll talk about this. I saw a good one on Instagram. So the it's Miami Fire Department, I think, post videos from their academy class, and they've got a I think he's a lieutenant or somebody in there, and he's basically he's a hard nosed guy, and he demands excellence, and talks about standards and like they're and remember these guys are in the academy. I'm not saying yes or no, whatever. This is what happened. He was dressing a dude down because his uniform looked like shit. And basically told him that if I can't trust you in the academy to 
have a proper uniform, how can I trust you with the big stuff? So I saw that video. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What is it Jack Reacher says? What is it Jack Reacher says? <laughs> Details matter. Details matter. It, then it, seems, another, it seems small, right? The uniform. I know, yeah. We'll get there. But let's. Yeah. Wearing a uniform the correct and proper way is small and minute. I won't, I won't argue that. But it's paying attention to detail. It's the little things. And they lead. So doing the little things properly. Fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And I've said it on the show before. Gonzaga basketball is a perfect example of why they're so good. Because yeah. they do the fundamentals correctly yeah. every time. Yeah. And it leads to the big things happening. Yeah. You do the little things first. Baby steps. Putting on a uniform properly. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times we talk Crawl, to somebody? walk, run. Exactly. How many, how many times we talk to somebody in the military? And putting on the uniform is a big fucking deal. Folding their underwear a specific yeah, way. Making the bed a, a certain way. Yeah. Little things. They lead to the big things. If you can't do the little things, you can't be trusted with the big things. Yeah. I continue. So then this other Instagram account, um, I think we followed them as well. But anyway, they did a little remix of it, basically dressing this lieutenant down or chief or whatever he was and saying what a piece of shit he is for coming down on the guy about a uniform. And it's like, uh, and then the comment section fucking exploded. It was hilarious. There was a, ripping that page. Yeah, there was a, a, but it was kind of back and forth of some people agreeing, some people disagreeing. Yeah. You're of, gonna have that. You know, he shouldn't talk to him that way. <clears throat> blah blah blah. And I was like, dude, if you're butt hurt about that, you obviously never played high school sports. So now, or any, yeah, you've never been competitive at anything in your life. My, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make an assumption and take a leap. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the first time they had that conversation about uniforms. I would probably agree with that. I would I would think that it was probably they were it told about uniforms. Yeah, they were told about uniforms their first day in the academy. They were taught how to properly put it on. Yeah. And how it should look and it should yeah. be pressed with the creases and all of that. And yeah, and he dressed him down. And he did a good job of it. I feel like. But and but that's the problem. That's one of the problems that I see with the fire service in general now is the lack of standards, letting standards slide. And it's on the little things like the chief's conference that we went to the class. <laughs> I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Like you're going to sit there and tell this story about how this person was in violation and the person that called the violation to attention and was doing their job of addressing said violation, you came down on and changed the the protocol so, so the other person wouldn't so get in thing. trouble. Here's the thing. I'm okay with you changing the policy. Absolutely. 100% okay with it. And if we all agree on it, or majority does, that's kind of how we work <clears throat> as, as unions and fire service and even in a country, a country almost. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. You don't like the policy. That's fine. Let's change it. Yeah. But it's still in effect and we're still enforcing it. Yeah. Until it is changed. And it doesn't matter. End of discussion. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how, if it was, it was over hair color or some dumb shit. Yeah. Something stupid. Yeah. Or earring or something. I've had plenty of jobs and there's been plenty of policies over my life 
even even in school that I didn't like or agreed with. Still a policy. Yeah. Still got to follow it. But do I see- think it's stupid sometimes? Yeah, and we still see it. There's school policies with dress codes. Yeah. Okay. You might not like it. That's fine. You might think it's it's gender biased. That's fine. Fight to change it. But until that until it is changed, follow the policy. It is the policy. And if you violate it, you are wrong. Then look, Ed, the reason that I'm talking about this specifically with the fire service is you know as well as I do, and most of our watchers, listeners or whatever probably know, you know how we get rules because somebody fucking died. Yep. That's why we have a lot of the rules that we have. They're there so for a reason. They are there for a reason. Follow the policies. Follow the procedures. And as, as science and changes and we learn more, we're going to change more. That's what we do. Yeah. We, we, well, have, we have to evolve. Yeah. But we can't, we cannot, absolutely cannot, the police departments, the fire service, the military, any of those three professions. EMS. Let's, I mean, let's, e, well, yeah. When you EMS, say fire, we, we, we mean we EMS too. Mean EMS too. Well, I think we but, need to start saying it. Okay. So, anyway, yes. So, those four things, right? Those four professions. Those are all life and death professions. There has to be a standard. And we, we need to follow them. Because what do you see whenever you see in those four professions, four areas, when they start dropping the standards? Well, you see Memphis. Point blank. You can't argue with that. They continually drop their standards, their hiring practices over the course of four or five years. And any other department in the nation, probably those guys would not have gotten hired because of arrest records, just unfit for duty. Numerous complaints. Numerous complaints. And to include that, they were in a specialized unit and none of them had enough time to be in a specialized unit. They should have still been on patrol. Yep. But because of staffing shortages, because of mm-hmm. defund the police, and because of the good idea ferry, they were allowed to be on a specialized unit. So that goes right with this. The, the Code of Ethics is a listing of behavioral and procedural standards that guide members of an organization's daily activities. Codes can fail because organizations do not emphasize or, or promote their practices. Codes are not posted in public places, thus employees do not read or are reminded that accepted practices exist, and because of poorly written or vague direction listed in the Code of Ethics. Oh, you mean by not making policies clear-cut? Yeah. So, which leads to Code of Ethics for Government Service. So, it's Section 19.6, Code of Ethics for Government Service. The following codes of ethics adopted by Congress on July 11th, 1958 shall apply for, to all Food and Drug Administration employees. Now, this is just the FDA. All right. I don't know how that's applicable, but I'll allow it. Put loyalty to the highest. Well, hang on. You know what? Let's see if I can find it for Congress. Oh, good God. There's not one for Congress. Yes, there is. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to piss some people off, uh, but I don't really care. Okay. Rules for the House of Representatives, 118th Congress, Code of Official Conduct. 
shall behave at all times in a manner that shall reflect credibly on the house, adhere to the spirit and letter of the rules of the house and to the rules of duly constituted committees, therefore, may not receive compensation and may not permit compensation to accrue sorry, to the benefit, beneficial interest of such individuals from any source, the receipt of which should which would occur by virtue of influence and properly exerted from the position of such individual in Congress. So lobbying. Hmm. I did like, there was one on the FDA that said they put in a fair day's work for a fair day's wage. I think that's fair. I do too. A member delegate or, Resident commissioner shall keep the campaign funds of such individual separate from the personal funds of such individual. May not convert campaign funds to personal use in excess of an amount representing reimbursement for legitimate and verifiable campaign expenditures. It's all fundraising stuff. I mean, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, again. I mean, it would take, it would take a while to read it all. Yeah. No, I don't think we but need But they do that. have an official code yeah. of conduct or... Ethics. Yeah. Well, I think, so here's, this is kind of my thought, right? We sit here and we're talking about ethics and conduct and, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit about morale and uh, retention of people in the fire service and recruitment of people in the fire service. If you have a place that, is that has a good reputation, right? Of being ethically sound. You know, it's a good place to work. You're going to get paid a decent wage. The environment is, you know, good to work in. Administration and leadership care about the people. There's opportunity for advancement, all of that stuff. If you create that environment by following your code of ethics, then recruitment and retention, not really an issue. Kind of takes care of itself. Yeah. It kind of takes care of itself. But whenever you have organizations and the fire service and police departments are in this, we're in the find out stage now. Mm -hmm. We were in the fuck around stage for a long time, but people don't want to do this job anymore because of a lot of negative shit that they see. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think if you want to live by a code of ethics, it's not hard. Having high morals is not hard. There's, it basically comes down to one thing. It's the golden fucking rule. Do unto others as you want others to do unto you. Treat people the way you want to be treated. If you want people to treat you like shit, that's fine. You treat them like shit. And they're, you're going to get what you give. Now, I'm not saying don't joke around and have fun, because we all do that. Some, sometimes you're the butt of the joke. Sometimes you aren't. That's fine. We laugh about it. We joke. We move on. It's a joke. There's a difference in joking and treating people like shit. Yeah. Well, and that used to be, I mean, at least in the fire service, that was a thing. You got, I mean, for the lack of a better term, you got hazed. Yeah. And it was a... It was basically a testing, you know, because they want to push you and push you and see 
where that breaking point is. Because again, it's like we talked about, if I can trust you to do this, then I can trust you with the big stuff. Because this is little stuff. The fuck around games and, you know, playing practical jokes on each other and all of that stuff. That's the little stuff at the, at the station. It's when the shit hits the fan and you got fire rolling over you and you just lost pressure on your line and shit's going to hell in a handbasket. I need to be able to trust that you're not going to freak the fuck out. Well, yeah, I'm going to start karate chopping the fire. <laughs> I figured it would be a yeah <laughs> and a sidekick, maybe. Spinning heel kick? Chuck Norris, that shit. I mean, that is the, the, the SCBAs hold you down. You can't get the height you need. Well, that's, you, you got to work on that yeah. jump squat. Those two hip surgeries really fuck my, <laughs> my spinning heel kick up. <laughs> I'm working on getting it back. But no, I mean, but do you agree or not agree? I mean, so at it, least it, that's my perception of it. So, yeah, I, I'm not okay with the hazing. I never have been. Yeah. To the now. Because people started going, taking it too fucking yeah, far. Going to train and pushing someone to an extent. Remember, when, when we're doing this, we're still on duty. Yeah. And if you exhaust someone early in the day, they're not going to have the recovery time that is needed to be able to fight that big-ass fire or run the mass casualty incident or whatever might happen. We're, we're taking a chance that that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be a regular bread-and-butter house fire. Or if you do that you know, in law enforcement, you're assuming you're not going to have an active shooter situation. Yeah. But those can happen any time, unfortunately. So do we need to train? Yes. But there's a point where, like, hey, we got to – we're good. Well, so so here's my idea of training. So you might and, – don't make, try and make them quit, but do it the right way. So <clears throat> I disagree. So Again, I, this is the, it's doing it the right way. Well, so my idea of training, training is not working out. Training shouldn't be to exhaustion. Training is you are learning the technique and how to implement it. Yeah. Now, if you want to work out, then we can work out. But that's not what I'm training you to do. So when, when they come out, out of the academy, let's go train. Okay. Show me how you're going to cut the hole if you're on a truck. Okay. You've got the right idea. Let me show you a better, more effective way. That's one way to do it. The so, other way is have your whole guy or girl or whoever say sub firefighter number one watch senior firefighter blah 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 cut this hole now you try the same technique okay that one doesn't work for you let's figure out what does that's the way i would do it i would watch i would give them a good example of how to do it and then have them try to replicate that and if they can't then you then you tweak things but just sitting there and letting them wear themselves out trying to cut a I'm hole. I'm not saying wear, wear themselves out, but... But they will. You know that. Okay. You don't know this person. You don't know what they know, where they yeah. came from. But you remember being new and yeah. not knowing anything and Absolutely. doing everything wrong, and it wears you out faster. And, I, and I'm okay with that. Because a lot yeah. of people, I'm one of them, that learn more from, from what I did wrong. Well, there is that, too. That is another way. I think my way is right and your way is wrong, but... And there, there's your, your piss-poor leadership style coming out in you again. Haven't you learned yet? I am not a leader. Oh, God, I know that. Oops, that come out. Uh, 
I don't oh. think it's I don't think it's a secret. <laughs> I don't think it's but, a secret, man. But I mean, there's so many different ways to teach somebody, right? Yeah. So you got to figure out what works for them. And I'm not. And when when you see them doing something wrong, correct it. Yeah. Like, hey, this is what you're doing. This is why we don't want you to do it. This yeah. is the proper way to do it. Well, and with that being said, like you said, there is a million different ways to do stuff in the fire service as far as advancing hose line, um, cutting holes, breaching doors. There is a million techniques for all of those things. And some of those techniques work better for taller people, shorter people, bigger people, skinnier people. You know, it's different for everybody. Yeah. I agree. But there is a technique that anybody can do to get those things done. It's just a a matter of finding what technique that is for you. I agree. <clears throat> it's about engaging with them, figuring out yeah. who they are, and how they are best going to learn. Yeah. Because everybody who came into these professions was a dum-dum at one time. Because you don't know. Most of us still are. Because you, you don't, don't, you, you yeah. don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And you've got to be taught by people who have been there and been doing it. And yelling at somebody because they don't know something is not going to make them know it all of a sudden. No, it's typically you're going to have the opposite um, reaction. Um, they're going to shut down. I use that term, but they're just not going to listen to you because they know you're not really there to teach them. Or it's going to go the other way and they're going to yell back. Because yeah. let's be honest, everybody who comes into these professions is an adult. Should be. Should be an adult. Now, you're going to have some of your 18, 19-year-olds in certain professions, you know, but a lot, a lot of times you're going to get people in their early to mid-20s. Yeah. And a lot of departments, whether it's police, fire, EMS, are looking for, you know, you want military experience. <laughs> you start yelling at somebody. The The difference is a lot of the military, former military that I see, not all, but a lot, respect the chain of command. Whereas I see other individuals that I see the, the back talk um, more prevalently in non-veterans than veterans. No, I'm, I'm not arguing the chain of command. Yeah. I'm just saying, you, people hit a point where... Oh, yeah. They're not, you're not going to scream at me. Yeah. Chain of, chain of command, rank, shouldn't it be, goes out the window. You shouldn't be screaming at anybody anyway. Now, if you got to yell at somebody to get their attention to stop them from doing something, that's different. That's... That, but now, you're not screaming at them. Now, once you have their attention, like, okay, here's what you're... This is why I'm stopping you. Yeah. Now, you might not... You might be on scene of something... And that's not the time to talk about it. And you can talk about it later. Yeah. But you correct the behavior. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the conversation that I had everywhere I went whenever I was floating. Like, I'm going to let you do your job. I said, the only time that I'm going to raise my voice is if it's a safety issue. If you're doing something that is going to get you hurt, I'm going to get your attention. And I said, we'll come back to the station. We will talk about it all you want. And I'll tell you what I saw. You can tell me what you saw. And we can have a discussion about it. I said, but on scene, this is not a democracy. So it's my responsibility that you get back to the station in one piece. And I take that very seriously. Yep. So we're in agreement there. Yeah. And I think most people are. 
you would think that, but I think ego plays a little bit into it. There's there's a lot of that. So, but you got to, you know, going back to this, you got an ethical code there. Yeah. Following chain of command is part of that. And not jumping it. Mm-hmm. For there's there now there are certain times and reasons you should. But Absolutely. But they're very few. Yeah. But I think this is part of the problem we're seeing when you read through it and you're seeing all the things that aren't being upheld. Yeah. If you want to, and I think that goes right into the mental health of people and why morale in these services are the way they are. Yeah. Because one of the things that I saw. Yeah, because a lot of, if you look at a lot of studies and surveys, organizational stressors is right up there with, like, call volume and that kind of thing of what's causing people to have issues. It's because administration, not leadership, because it's not leadership, but we'll call it leadership for whatever, um, they're failing. We are failing at doing the right thing. Personnel who actually believe acceptable workplace behavior that violates internal ethical codes may be offended by such practices. Whistleblower, whistleblowing accusers are treated rather harshly for exposing weak and unenforced ethical standards. Usually violators are not harshly punished is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Which is accurate. They're not being punished officially. People who blow, and I'm not. And But that's the problem, though, is because everybody knows there are people who are doing the wrong thing, and they are, quote unquote, it, it looks like nothing ever happens to them. And by it not being visible. That's, that's where I was getting. By it not being visible. Then it's just like, well, why should I give a shit if this person can go do whatever they want and they don't get in trouble for it? Why am I following the rules? Why am I showing up to work on time? You know, why am I holding over? You know, why am I being the good little employee whenever it doesn't matter? Yeah, when I when I see oh, these other people, you know, showing up late, not doing their job the right way. Yeah. But if I say something as what the ethical code for firefighter says I should. Yeah. Now I'm the jerk. Yep. I'm the one that's ostracized. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, dude. Well, so, I mean, so it's... now this, it leads down that path of morale gets lower because here I am holding the line. Yeah. And my line keeps getting moved back. Mm-hmm. And my give a shit goes away. Yep. And that's what we see. Yeah. Absolutely. And now let's be honest. Most people are on time. Yeah. But it's the it's the minority, it's the few that do yeah. it. Yeah. And if you're in a quote-unquote supervisory position and you're trying to fix that issue and you're going through the proper steps and nothing is happening, nothing is happening, and nothing happens, and the behavior is allowed to continue because people above you in the supervisory chain say, there's nothing we can do about it or there's nothing we're going to do about it. 
just deal with it. I mean, where does that leave you? It leaves you, I don't give a shit now. Yeah. Because, I mean, I I did my job. I tried to fix it. Was told basically to go fuck myself. And got no backup. So, why do I care? Which leads to lower morale. Yep. Less training and a better trained police, fire, EMS. Yeah. And now you're stressed and you get that big call and now your anxiety goes through the roof. Yeah. Because you can't rely on the people that are going into that situation next to you. Which leads to mental health issues. Yep. Absolutely does. It's all, everything that we've talked about in the last, what, three years Mm -hmm. is interconnected. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. And we've said it multiple times. We we need a culture shift. I don't think we understood whenever we started this podcast of how big a culture shift we needed. But I think we're starting to. Oh, yeah. We're absolutely starting to. And I, I think we've been seeing it for a while. It's just one of those things you don't want to admit. Yeah. Because you're part of the problem. Yep. Absolutely. And none of us want to be part of the problem. We don't yeah. want to be seen as the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, dude, as I was racking my brain the other day, because I remember, you know, coming on and for a long period of time, you know, consistent training and all of those things, doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the way, it was basically training just stopped like on a company level. And then it's like, what, like, when did that happen? Like, did we just get complacent or? I don't, I don't know what the, what the cause was. I mean, I know we had, we had a captain that pushed the issue. Yeah. He wanted us trained. He wanted us in uniform and looking the exact same. Yeah. We we didn't realize how influential that would be. Yeah. And how much of we bitched. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. We bitched a lot. Yeah. But we didn't understand cuz we were young. Yeah. And we didn't see the benefit. Yeah. Until we got older and we went, oh. Yeah. Eh, that's why that. Mm, Sorry for making your life so hard, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for being a bunch of dickheads. <laughs> Yeah, I just I'd like, I'd like to apologize for all those times. Like we get we get it now. Yeah, definitely get it. But how do you take that? That's the thing. We have to take that. It's the responsibility of the people that have been in this career field for our amount of time to be leaders and to pass that knowledge on. You know, and like I've said it multiple times of, you know, leadership at every level, at every level, right? So you want your, your, your new firefighter to be learning from everybody, from yourself, your, your driver, your senior firefighter, your number two firefighter, your paramedic, your whatever. Anybody that's got more time should be teaching. Just talking about this earlier, path goal theory. Okay. <laughs> he, he's excited. 
I pull it up that way. All right. Turn this easy to read. So the path goal theory of leadership effectiveness was developed by Robert House. It spe- specifies what a leader must do to achieve high productivity and morale in a given situation. So it's situation dependent. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. It's Most complex. Leadership is. <laughs> yeah. So go to the next page, fucker. All right. So um, yeah, I'm kind of trying to keep it easy. So it's goal, it, it's path and goal oriented. All right. So you kind of start with a, the directive style. So the leader who is uh, directive, similar to task motivated, emphasizes formal activities such as planning, organizing, and controlling. When the task is unclear, the directive style improves morale. So you have a new person. Mm-hmm. They don't know what their path is going to be. They don't know what their goals are. So you're going to basically set them for them. This is where you want to be in 10 years. But it's sitting down having a conversation with them. Where do you see your career going? What do you want to do? Oh, you want to go to a truck? You want to be on a pumper? You want to be on a rescue? You want to be a captain someday? You know, okay, how do we get there? So you set the plan. So now you're directing them. Then you become the supportive leader. You display concern for group members' well-being while creating an emotionally supportive climate. The supportive leader enhances morale when groups, when group members work on the satisfying, stressful, or frustrating task. So they're studying for the captain's test. It's stressful. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It's hard. So now you be supportive. And you, you're motivating them. You're keeping that morale high for them. Then you go into the participative style. The leader who is participative consults with group members to gather their suggestions. And this can be a single person, too. I'm just reading what, the, <laughs> what yeah. it says. Yeah. To gather their suggestions and to consider these suggestions seriously when making a decision. So on a walkthrough. Creating a plan. We did it outside the, the station we were at. We had that strip mall across the street. How many times did we talk about it? Yeah, a bunch. Yeah. Remember those rolled doors on the backside? Mm-hmm. How are we going to attack this? Fires here, fires there. That You know, different scenarios. And we used that one because we could sit outside after dinner and talk about it. Yeah. And then we could relate that, relate that, to, other, relate that to other buildings. Mm-hmm. Or we go to the store. When it had the Kmart attached to it. Yep. Okay, this one's going. What do we got? Where's our hydrants? There's three on the back side. One didn't work. And one didn't work <laughs> for years. <laughs> but we still had two that we could use. Yeah. And one on the street. Yeah. Here it is. How long later? Yeah. 15 years later. Still no. I mean, granted, we live in that area. Yeah. But, you know, so you're, you're, you're collaborating with them yeah i'm not just on whatever it is they're working on maybe they're going to medic school maybe they're having problems on ems calls messing with hydrants putting the stick up on a ladder if you're on a truck or an in, uh, a ladder whatever you guys want to call it maybe their fly piping sucks oh they're struggling with the pump all of a sudden okay how do we fix it what are you struggling with let's let's think about this let's come up with a plan together and which leads into the achievement oriented style. Now, this is, it's a long thing. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to do this in a day. Yeah. The no. leader who is achievement oriented sets challenging goals. You're setting up training for next week. Think about what you want to train on, what you're going to teach, how you're going to teach it, and what our goals for it are. 
we got a captain that did that. Mm-hmm. He, he tweaked that a little bit. It's like, hey, you got high rise. Good luck, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Made, made you get into the high rise manual. Yeah. And pumping it. Because you never know. Yeah. <clears throat> so they're, that team member, so you're you're setting challenging goals. You, you push for work improvement. You set high expectations for team members who are now at that I'm accepting responsibility phase. Yeah. And morale is going to increase. Yeah. Because you're not going to just do it for one of your crew members. You're going to do it for all of them. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a trap that uh, gets fallen into quite a bit is you will have one that shows initiative and wants to learn all that stuff, and the other ones you got to drag kicking and screaming to do that stuff. That's fine. That's what we'll do. But that's what you got to do. You can't... Look, it's your job as a company officer to train the people you're responsible for, whether they want to or not. So you can't just go, well, I'm going to write this one off or I'm going to write these two off. You got to get them to a level of competency. And maybe once they get to that level of competency, they'll get that motivation and that discipline and want to do something. Yeah, you're going to change people for the for the positive. Yeah. Accept responsibility for my actions and for the consequences of my actions. Not training your people properly or training yourself properly is a consequence of your own actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that leadership theory flows right into, in my opinion, to the ethical, to the code of well, ethics. Absolutely. It's all interconnected. I'm waiting for the X-Files reference. <laughs> well, the truth is out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I No, I don't disagree at all. So There's nothing wrong with having high standards. No. We, but, we need but to have high standards in this profession. You do. You, but, but don't be afraid to set step goals to reach those high standards. Yeah. Don't expect someone to come in... Like, hey, these are my standards. You need to meet them tomorrow. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But you can pull them along. You can lead them. And eventually, they're going to be closer and closer and closer. And then they're shoulder to shoulder with you. And your goal should be to have them pass you. Yeah. To make them help make them better than what you are. Yeah. And then you leave your company, you leave your department, and you leave the people who were your subordinates or your followers better than what you were, and they will be better leaders tomorrow. That's what leadership is. I think you missed your, you got another career to start as a leadership consultant. Maybe. Maybe. We'll call, <laughs> we'll call Jocko, get you hired on yeah. the echelon front. <laughs> No, dude, but I mean, it's the thing. And look, the what you just said about, you know, you, you set those baby step goals, the incremental learning and incremental goals. It's a stupid saying, but, you know, every journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step or whatever, right? Well, by setting those short-term close goals, right? So they accomplish whatever, how to swing an axe the right way or how to throw an, a ladder, 
whatever. So they accomplish that. Okay, well, hey, I, I accomplished something. They get a little bit of that confidence boost. And that's what you're doing by setting those, not easy goals, but the, the short-term, you know, the baby step goals. Because if they can, every one of those they accomplish, they get a little bit more confident in themselves mm-hmm. and their abilities. And then they start hitting the big goals, you know? So look at, look at ladders. Throwing a ladder in an open area, it's going to be pretty easy to teach and learn. Yeah. Now, some people might require more practice. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's what we're here for. Okay. Now, now you've accomplished it. You got it. So now we're going to move to, hey, now it's a tight area. How are you going to get it up? Let's figure it out. Let's go through the progression. Mm-hmm. Great. Now you got it figured out. You've done it 100 times. Okay. Now there's a power line up there. But we still have to get there because somebody's trapped. And this is the only window we can get them out of. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? You're building on that first easy step. Fundamentals. Basic fundamentals. (laughs) I'm glad you can dunk a basketball. That's great. But you can't dribble. But you can't pass either. Yeah. Little things first. Yeah. Details matter. And I I won't sit here and say that I'm an awesome truck guy because I'm not. But I'm a pumper my entire career. What did that have to do with anything? Oh, because you used the ladder example? Mm-hmm. Guys on pumpers throw ladders. Yeah. But I'll get the ladder up. Yeah. Might not be pretty. But it'll get there. But it'll be up. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. We are faced, in the course of our duties, right, we're faced with no scenario is going to be exactly the same. There's going to be a little bit difference to everything we do. And having a fundamentals to draw on is that's going to help you be adaptive because you know it works this way and I can tweak it just like this mm-hmm. to make it work. You know, just, yeah. I mean, look, look at when they, when they build a, a house or they build a building, what do they do first? Draw plans. Or are you talking about set the foundation? Set the foundation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> plans come first. Yeah. Yeah. But we're we're skipping that step. Yeah. But you know what? Let's go back to that. Have a plan. Yeah. Absolutely. Have five plans. Because plan A will not work. No. <laughs> it never does. No, no plan survives contact <laughs> with the enemy. <laughs> yeah, it's being being able to be adaptive. I mean, but that's where you have to have, you have to be trained. You have to have that knowledge base. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the knowledge base, then you're not going to know what to do. And that's not what we need in the fire service. We need people who can think for themselves and adapt. Because ultimately we have problems to solve. And you can't always have, you know, the 20 year guy or the company officer in your hip pocket all the time telling you exactly what to do. You have to, at some point, graduate to, I can oh. figure this out. Oh, I'm the guy. Yeah. I'm the girl. Yeah. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the person they're looking at. Yeah. And it happens quickly. Especially if you get promoted early. Oh, yeah. If you're a good test taker <clears throat> and you've been in the books and you take that supervisor test, captain, lieutenant, whatever, 
and you get it and you've got barely any time on the job, guess what? Yeah. Everybody's going to be looking at you for answers. You're the person. Yeah. Or when you're on a medical call and you're 23 years old and you're a paramedic. Yeah. And everybody else is an EMT and it's critical. They're looking at you. Yeah. Be prepared. Time to put your adult pants on and get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Training. Having confidence in yourself. Having somebody there that has helped you build your confidence. And you as a leader are that person that needs to build the confidence of the next generation. Yeah. And it might be something as simple as starting with a conversation. It usually is. And that will help you develop a plan. And then you take your plan and you sit down, and you collaborate and you figure out a plan that works. And then you execute the plan. And then you create a new plan and you execute that plan and you keep working together and you never stop because you never stop learning. You never quit becoming a better leader. There is no such thing as a perfect leader. No. There's those that get better, and there's those that don't. You decide who you want to be. And if you think you know everything about <clears throat> the fire service, it's time for you to retire 10 years ago. That's not just the fire service. That's well, every that's walk of life. I'm using it I know. specific, though. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, there's always something new to learn. There's a new technique. There's a new piece of equipment. There's a new, there's a new something all mm -hmm. the time. And there's old stuff that maybe we used to do that we don't do anymore and that you, we you, probably should. And you're going to run a call. We're going to be like, Hey, we're going old school. Yeah. Cause it's effective and it works. And it's probably a fundamental for you. Yeah. But somewhere along the way, we stopped doing it. So, I don't know. You got, uh, we were right at an hour. You got closing thoughts? Not really. Not really. We had a whole bunch of stuff. Just do better. Be better. Take, take that long look at yourself. Sit down and stare at yourself in the mirror. You the person you want to be. Are you happy or could you be better? Yep. You can be happy with yourself, but want to be better. Absolutely. Be better. 24 hour clone principle. <clears throat> so if you don't know what that is, look it up. I'm not going to explain it. And just cause you're a leader doesn't mean you can't be a follower. Well, you have to be a follower before you can be a leader. Even leaders follow. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, remember, if you are struggling, reach out. There are resources out there. If you know somebody that's struggling, reach out. Let them know what the resources are. Um, yeah. And golden rule, like you said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And leadership at all levels and all the other stuff that we talked about <coughs> today. Um, take pride in your work. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll see you next time.